Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalm 18, verse 1 and 2. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 18, verse 1 and 2. Alright guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and today we're introducing the newest member of our Hunting Dog Public team, Mr. Miles Miller. Mr. Miles, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Mr. Miles, uh, Let's tell them about, a little about yourself. Let them uh, get the background on you. Okay. I'm uh, 36 years old. I live in uh, southeast Louisiana. I'm married, and I've got twin four-year-olds. Um, kind of my hunting background is I, I started hunting my grandpa field child uh, English pointers, bird dogs. And um, I started off with him in the bird dog world, he'd throw me on the back of a horse and I'd go to field trials with him. Um, as I got older, I kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. Uh, I had hog dogs whenever I was in high school and into college. I left and went to college and uh, ended up playing baseball in junior college, kind of got away from it. And then uh, when I got out of college, I came back and I, I ended up getting, I, w- I wanted to get into coon hunting a little bit and uh i ended up getting into that and i fell in love with it i hunted coon dogs for probably 15 years um locally and then all the way up you know we would go to the bigger hunts um in that and uh, whenever i met my wife got married things kind of slowed down for me in the coon hunting and uh i kind of transitioned over to the squirrel dogs I had done it a little bit when I was younger, but um, I always wanted my own squirrel dog, so I started kind of playing around with it, and then that competitive edge kind of came back, and I wanted to get into the hunt, so I've been probably about the last four or five years, I've been squirrel hunting, competition hunting. Now, did you ever do anything with the pointer dogs when you was younger, like as in competitions or field trials, rather? So, no, I I was very young. Um, I my is probably four or five years old whenever i okay. first remember pulling with them um now my grandpa had him up until he passed i was i was 14 whenever he passed away but so that whole time i helped um i would go and uh the, the biggest thing i did was um i got fairly good on a horse at a young age so in in bird dog field trials um some of the horseback field trials what they have is they call it a scout and I'd go out and uh, I'd ride the horse off. And if they were walking, I would say, hey, the dog's over this next ridge over here pointed to come back to the gallery and tell everybody and go over there. But, oh, wow. That's uh, I didn't really, cool. I didn't really, I wasn't never old enough to really handle a dog. Um, and my grandpa, I, I'm sure he would have let me if I got to a point where he felt like I could handle one. Um, but he, uh, he, he done very well in the bird dog world um so that competitive edge probably came from him 
as far as the competition hunts and stuff because uh, he was very competitive and uh, he done, ended up winning dog of the year a couple times back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, before I was even born or right around the time I was born. But uh, That's wild. So, so you was getting right around the horse hanging out with all these guys at these competitions or field trials rather. Yes. That's, yes. So that sounds like a fun job for a youngster. It was, it was, we had a good time. Uh, and then usually what, what would happen was where we held our field trials down here was on a, a state game preserve, you know, a public land. And, uh, most of the birds were pin raised birds by the end of the field trial, the field trial would start on Friday. They'd go Friday saturday and if they had enough dogs they'd go into sunday morning well sunday afternoon my grandpa would let let us go hunting you know they turned out 250 yeah. pin raised birds so we'd get to go quail hunting that afternoon and have fun and and that was to me i had more fun just riding a horse and going hunting and the, the field trial because i really didn't know the all the odds and ends of it at the time yeah now i'm kind of curious and i don't know if you remember but do any of them actually survive, or since they're pen raised, they don't really know how to survive in the wild? Or do you ever get a, uh, like a cubby? So they still have cubbies um, of birds down here. Um, now, I'm sure a lot of the pen raised birds, you can tell if, if you got into a cubby of quail, um, you can tell if they were pen raised birds or wild birds just by the way they flew. Uh, them wild birds are just, they're, you can't imitate them they they're just so hard and fast flying birds um but uh, uh the biggest problem down here is fire ants um they would take out the, the quail numbers they say the biggest predator was the fire ants and oh then, really um you know we have all the other predators like everywhere else from uh raccoons to fox coyote bobcats all that so I didn't really, well, I, I guess I never even thought about it, which I don't turkey hunt. I'm sure they keep them fire ants get them turkey eggs too. Yeah, I, I don't even know what the, I don't know the details on it, but I was always told as a young kid that fire ants was the big reason that we lost the, the large quantity of, of wild birds because they said back in the 80s they had wild birds everywhere. And now it's a rare thing to hear a bobwhite quail whistle. Yeah. Um, around these parts well that's that's pretty neat uh i've never experienced any of the point and stuff but what about uh you talking about them hog dogs i'm sure y'all sticking them uh yeah so down here everything they wanted uh they didn't want you to bring hogs off alive we would catch them time and then um most of the time we'd end up killing them right there you know we'd try to get them back get them in the shade so they didn't get hot but yeah that was uh I was kind of young and dumb at that time. That was that's a rough sport, especially down here. You, you yeah, the hogs you bay in the worst possible place yeah. most of the time. Well, I used to I used to do that grabbling, you know, or, or hand fishing or noodling or whatever you want to call it when I was a little younger. And the adrenaline rush of grabbing hold to one of them fish was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I but, think I, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I would say it was pretty similar to well, I don't know grabbing that big old hog. You you catch a big hog, I'm sure that's a pretty good adrenaline rush. It is, it is. Uh, and you you really got to have it down here because man, like I said, I've been in I've been in spots where we crawled for hundred two hundred yards in a briar thicket mm. just to get in there and get one. And you know you get that big adrenaline dump, and then afterwards you get him caught, killed, whatever, and then you realize, oh man, I got 
I got a long ways. I got to drag this thing out of here. <laughs> now, are y'all getting the population under control, or is it still pretty bad? No, it's it's bad. Um, I'm actually headed to my hunting camp tonight to go fishing, and one of the things that we're going to do is is put some feed out because we we've got them, uh, which is in South Mississippi. But yeah, anywhere around here, um, some people some people want to think that they're putting a dent in them, but these yeah. hogs is producing at what three litters a year and eight to 15 little ones. So it's just hard to keep up with. I follow you. And then you get into the coon hunting and I'm sure you started off pleasure hunting and got into the competition side of things. Yeah, I started off pleasure hunting. They got, you know, several guys around here and they got a club around here. Um, funny story. I actually, the, the way I bought my first coon hound was, uh, Brendan, Tony, and BJ Goins are two guys that coon hunt down here. And I went and bought a truck from BJ. He was a finance manager. And he ended up talking me into buying a dog. I financed a dog with my truck. <laughs> the first ever coon dog I ever bought. Oh, well, he's a salesman, ain't he? He absolutely. He got me hooked. Line. I think I ended up buying a box from him, too. So he hooked up. He oh, put man. the box in the truck and everything when I went and picked it up. Boy, he 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 was a grinning when you left. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> and uh, these dogs getting but, you blood. It probably didn't take much convincing, though. It didn't. It didn't. It was uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, matter of fact, I, I the last couple of years I kind of just piddled with uh, some coon dogs hunting very little. But the guy that I hunt for now, he had some dogs. And, and I went to a few hunts, but it's just these squirrel dogs kind of got me now. Um, I don't have to stay out all night, and I can go make a little quick round behind my house while my kids are asleep in the mornings or taking a nap, or they can even come with me. So it's a lot easier yeah. um, for that aspect, for sure. Now, these – which what what squirrel dogs are y'all hunting right now? If if you want to tell them, they all have uh the little sniper dog, which is uh everybody's heard of, on, especially on the podcast. If you've listened to the podcast lately, you've heard a little sniper. So yes, so we uh, we bought the little sniper dog back in the fall from Marty um, Munns, but right before that, uh, Mister J W, um, I kind of kind of helped him get into it. I was hunting coon dogs for him, and we kind of wanted to go a different route. So the first dog we actually bought was uh, a female named Chloe. She's a litter mate to the uh, 2020 spring that just won the USDC World. Yeah. So we have a full litter mate sister to her named Chloe, which is off of Festus and a Hound. Um, and then we have Little Sniper that we bought in the fall. Um we liked him so much. Uh, we've been breeding him a lot, um, but we just liked the way he hunted and uh, felt like that was kind of the way we wanted to go with as far as the bloodline of dogs. We liked the way they operate for us. Um, so we ended up buying Little Sniper's uh, Littermate Sister Dream Catcher from Brian Perry. Um, and then here recently within about the last month we ended up buying a another festus female um from mike powers she's a litter mate to a dog that 
uh, Merle Sealy Nims got called Little Bit that produced the Hulk dog in South Louisiana. Yeah. So that's kind of what we got as far as is going to a hunt. Which, um, which ones are you? Obviously, I assume y'all would push Little Sniper. Are y'all going to push any other or just whichever one's ready? Well, so those four are probably going to, like I said, those four are going to be the ones that would be going to the hunts. Uh, right now, um, Mr. Jed Evie's got a couple guys that, that hunt dogs for him as well. Uh, so those would be the ones that we would we would be concentrating on next year. Um, we've got a couple more dogs that are just pleasure dogs or we raising a litter of puppies off of right now. Um, but you probably won't see none of those at the hunts just because we got our hands full. Yeah. Um, with, have, with what we got now and the pile of puppies we got on the way. I mean, really, it's what you and Ronnie Polchek? Me and Ronnie Polchek, and then right towards the end of the year last year, um, oh, my mind went blank. Uh, Cody Pritchard. Cody Pritchard okay. uh, started yep. hunting the, uh, he started hunting the Springs littermate sister, Chloe. Um, and he okay. really liked her and that kind of fit his style of hunting and stuff. So is that a um, white face dog or is that his? The, he's got a white face dog. dog is, no, the white, yeah, the white face dog is his. Okay. I uh, didn't Chloe's know the, that was her. She's a little red dog. Looks just like spring. Yeah. He's got a good looking white face dog. I, he's sent me a few videos of it. Looks pretty good. I don't know if it's, you know, I didn't know if that was the same dog. But no, no. Anyway, so this is more or less just an introductory, and like I said, you've known Chris for a long time. We just uh, have become acquaintances here in the last couple of months. But kind of, is there any facets you really want to focus on, or you want to go to talk about all dogs? Or man, I'm I'm not uh I'm not opposed to talking to to anybody and everybody. I'm I'm pretty. I wouldn't say well. I know a little bit about everything. I've, yeah. I've fooled with or been around, you know, a little bit of everything. So I wouldn't mind talking to to a different breed. I, I really want to talk to some of the coon hunters. I know several, you know, from back whenever I was going. Uh, we went to some of the bigger hunts and stuff, and and I got to meet a lot of people doing that. Um, so I'm I'm open to anything and. If anybody had any suggestions or wanted to hear somebody special, you know, I'd be, I'd be willing to entertain that. And if I don't know a lot about it, hopefully by the end of the podcast, I'd know a little more. Well, that's the way I normally start out with, you know, I, I, I get tidbits and. Right. For sure. But you gonna have to arm wrestle Chris over the squirrel hunters. Well, I, I know that. <laughs> and look, I'll, I'll let Chris, Chris can handle most of them. Uh, be honest with you. I, I really wanted to do. Uh, Tony, he did Tony last week. I wanted to do Tony because me and Tony kind of have a special interest with him with the protection dogs. Um, what I do for a living is I have a police canine, so I had several things that I could have talked to him. I, I kind of wanted to pick his brain a little bit, but Chris beat me to the punch on that one. Well, you know what? I think uh, going to going back and having the actual one on strictly protection dogs i mean he barely touched the surface on that so yeah and it, it's a lot to learn i'll tell you whenever i first got into uh canine four years ago i thought i knew stuff about dogs i didn't know anything um and i think going through all the training that i went through and learning just the 
learning how to read a dog has helped me tremendously in everything from anything dealing with a dog from going up to the front yard dealing with my mother-in-law's lab to dealing with a squirrel dog to you know working on the road you know at my job with a dog yeah i'd be you know i'm thinking i guess a little of selfishness but i'd actually be interested in hearing a talk about that so i have not ever heard that and i hadn't thought about that so that'd be well you know i think in my opinion reach out to him and talk protection dogs you know i mean yeah that, that'd could, be good in my up. opinion but right well all right well i'm sure uh you're gonna be ready to get you got your stuff in you're gonna be ready to get on the on the horn with somebody so yes i, I hope to start uh i'm just weekend, gonna I'm, to on, I'm gonna drop this before like the thursday before your episode premieres so just you know no, no hurry ain't no sense in whenever you get ready rather right but i got them lined. i'm starting to line them up now so hopefully in the next week i'll i'll start doing some interviews all right well guys if you want to hear anything in particular mr miles has joined the team and he can see the messages at the hunting dog public on facebook and if you want to reach out to him privately his facebook is miles miller uh i assume just miles miller is it you're not yeah, associated just, with your wife on there are you no I, i've okay. got i'm a big boy she lets me have my own oh no shots fired chris <laughs> uh well mr miles i appreciate you uh joining the team and i look forward to hearing your interviews all right sounds good i appreciate it yes sir thank you sir all right bye-bye. all right bye